briefly discuss you. So I'll read the summary and then uh, summary of the first chapter of the 11th canto and then discuss that. Eleventh Canto, Chapter One The Curse Upon the Yodu Dynasty. This chapter gives a hint of the destruction of the Jodhu dynasty, which took place owing to the appearance of an iron club. <clears throat> Hearing this narration is a great impetus for becoming detached from the material world. Lord Sri Krishna expertly arranged the great Kurukshetra battle between the Kurus and the Pandavas and thus removed to a great extent the earth's burden. But the Supreme Lord, whose influence is inconceivable, was not yet satisfied because of the continued presence of the non-defeatable Jodhu family. The Lord desired to bring about the destruction of the Jodhu dynasty so that he could, con he to he could completely wind up his pastimes on the earth and go back to his own abode. Using the pretense of a curse by an assembly of brahmanas, he withdrew his entire dynasty from the surface of the earth. By Sri Krishna's desire, many great sages headed by Narad and Vishamitra assembled at the holy place named Pindarika near the city of Dwarka. The young boys of the Jodhu family, absorbed in a playful mood, also arrived there. These boys dressed Samba in a guise of a pregnant woman, about to give birth and inquired from the sages about the fruitfulness of Samba's so-called pregnancy. The sage cursed the mocking boys by saying, She will give birth to a club that will destroy your family. The Jodhus, frightened by this curse, immediately lifted the garment from Samba's abdomen and found a club. Hurrying to the assembly of Ubrasen, the king of the Jodhus, they offered a report of everything that had taken place. Fearing the Brahmana's curse, Jaduraj Ubrasen ordered the club grounded to powder and thrown into the ocean. Within the ocean, a fish swallowed the last remaining lump of iron and the waves carried all the bits of ground powder to the shore where they were 
implanted and eventually grow into a grove of canes. Fishermen caught the fish and the hunter named Jora used the iron lump found in his belly to fashion an arrow. Although the super soul, Lord Sri Krishna understood what was happening, he did not wish to do anything to counteract it. Rather, in the form of time, he sanctioned these events. So, this is how the 11th chapter begins. So now let me go to the eleventh uh, canto begins. So this is the first chapter. Let me go to the second chapter. Also read the summary. In this chapter, Narad, this chapter is describing Maharaj Nimi meets the nine Jogendras. In this chapter, Narad gives instructions in Bhagavad Dharma to the faithful and inquisitive Basudev by recounting a conversation between Maharaj Nimi and the nine Yogendras. Greatly eager to see Lord Krishna, Devarshi Narad resided almost exclusively in Dwarka. Basudev, bewildered by the Lord's illusory potency, had previously offered worship to the Supreme Lord Ananta for the purpose of getting a son, but had failed to worship him for liberation. Once Narad arrived at the home of Basudev, who worshipped him according to proper etiquette, greeted him respectfully and requested to hear about pure devotional service, which frees one from all kinds of fear. Narada praised Vasudev's fixed intelligence and then related the ancient history of the conversation between nine Jogendras who were sons of Lord, Rish- Lord Rishabdev and Nimi, the king of Bideha. Shayambhiva Manu's son was Priyabrata. <clears throat> His son was Agnidra, whose son was Nabhi. Lord Rishabdev, the plenary portion of Bosudev, incarnated as the son of Nabhi. The eldest of Rishabdev's 100 sons was Bharat, an exalted devotee of Narayan, by whose name this earth, previously called Ajanabha Varsha, became famous as Bharat Varsha. Nine other sons of Rishabdev were widely known as Navajogendra, Kabi, Habi, Antariksha, Prabuddha, Pippalayan, Abirhotra, Drumila, Chamasha, and Karabhajan. They were well versed in knowledge of the self, fixed in their goal and always striving for perfection. Nine other sons of Rishabdev took on the duty of Kshatriyas and became masters of the nine dvipas comprising Bharatvarsha. His other 81 sons became brahmanas, expert in smriti doctrines who propagated the path of fruitive sacrifice. The nine Jogendras, free to move without impediment, traveled everywhere as they wished. 
They were direct associates of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Madhusudan, and wandered freely to give protection to the various planets in the universe. The human body can be lost at any moment, but it is still a very rare attainment. Still rarer is to get the association of the confidential devotees of the Lord of Vaikuntha while in this very human body. The association of such saintly persons, even for a fraction of a second, bestows all benefits on a living being. Therefore, King Nimi offered the nine Yogendras suitable seats, worshipped them, humbled himself with obeisances and joyfully inquired from them about Bhagavad Dharma. Bhagavad Dharma or pure devotional service to the Lord is the only means of ultimate good fortune for the soul. The Supreme Lord, being pleased by such service, offers his own self to the devotee. In answer to the king's question, one of the nine Jogendras, Kavi, spoke as follows. Those means of advancement which are described by the personality of Godhead himself and which enable even foolish persons easily to achieve perfect self-realization are called Bhagavad Dharma. The Bhagavad Dharma manifested as service to the lotus feet of the infallible Supreme Lord. Supreme Lord eradicates all fear for the living being. By abiding in Bhagavad Dharma, one will never stumble or fall, even while running with both eyes closed. Whatever one does with his body, mind, words, intelligence, consciousness, sense, and natural proclivities should all be offered to Lord Narayan. Living entities averse to the Lord's lotus feet come under the control of the Lord's illusory energy, Maya. They forget the Lord's identity and are trapped by the illusion of identifying with the temporary body. Under the sway of material attraction, they become greatly fearful. Thus, the best thing for them is to surrender their very life energy to the qualified Guru and execute worship of the Supreme Lord and uh, Supreme Lord, the absolute controller of Maya with pure devotion. Just as by eating one generally appeases his hunger and with every bite feels more and more satisfied and nourished, a surrendered devotee achieved a surrendered devotee achieves Detachment from all detachment from all objects other than Krishna gains di- direct personal experience <clears throat> gains direct personal experience of the Lord and relishes pure love for the Lord all simultaneously. Next Havi spoke describing the different characteristics of first-class, second-class, and third-class devotees. One who offers prescribed worship with faith to the deity of the Lord Vishnu, but has no devotion for Vaishnavas and things related to Vishnu, is a materialistic devotee. 
one who shows love for the Lord, friendship for the Lord's devotees, mercy for the ignorant, and indifference for the enemies of Vishnu and the Vaishnavas is an intermediate devotee. And one who sees the presence of the Supreme Lord in everything and sees everything within the Lord is the topmost devotee. The first class devotees are described in eight verses, which conclude by stating that the first class devotee keeps the Supreme Lord perpetually, perpetually fast, fastened to his own heart with ropes of affection. Lord Hari never leaves the heart of such a devotee. So, <clears throat> so this is how the eleventh canto begins. The first chapter describes how Krishna considered that although the earth planet has been rid of the demons, but earth planet still has one danger, and that is the Jadus, because no one could actually defeat them. And they could become a big disturbance to the planet. Therefore, decided to take the Jadus out of this planet before he left. And Jadus are Krishna's associates, so Krishna had to make some special arrangements. And that arrangement that he made was he made the Jadus be cursed by the sages. Sages means very exalted personalities. Like all the exalted sages actually came to perform a sacrifice arranged by Basudev. And after the sacrifice, they went to the river where Jadu boys were feasting. They were having also some fun and seeing those sages they decided to have some fun with them. So uh, they dressed up Samba like a pregnant woman and approach the sages. Can you please tell us whether this beautiful lady will give birth to a boy or a girl? <laughs> and the sages replied that they'll, he will give birth to a club, iron club. That will be the cause of destruction of your whole dynasty. So as they uh, opened his cloth surrounding his belly, they saw an iron club. So they immediately went and reported to Ubra Sins, the king, and they decided to pulverize that club. The club is supposed to destroy the dynasty, so they thought that they would pulverize it. So what they did was they were rubbing it on stone. By rubbing it, they were pulverizing. The last bit couldn't be pulverized, a thin strip. 
So they threw that in the ocean, the, the iron powder and that piece. And one fish swallowed that iron piece. A fisherman caught that fish and found that piece. And those days the world was, there was not so much abundance like today. Who will care for a piece of iron nowadays? But those days things were quite scarce. So the fishermen sold that iron piece in the market. A hunter named Jara bought that piece and he shaped, he made it into the arrow, the head of an arrow. And that powder floating on the river came to the bank and it grew into eroka. Eroka is a kind of seaweed, like, uh, like hollow weed. So soft that you can, if you press it with your fingers, it breaks. Anyway, then at some point, the Jadus were picnicking on the bank of the ocean in, in Prabhash Tirtha. And they were drinking wine and they became intoxicated and then they started to fight. And they picked up those weeds from the ocean, ocean bank, bank of the ocean, and they killed themselves in that. So the point actually is, this is Krishna's arrangement. Even the Jadus were destroyed in this way. And we can see like how they fought they're fighting with some straw, uh, some seaweeds, <laughs> and hitting. I mean, they're such powerful individuals that even hundred arrows can pierce their body, but they will get affected. This is how powerful these warriors were. But they were just fighting, not even with swords and spears, but just with some seaweeds, <laughs> like they killed each other. And then this hunter, you know, one day he was hunting in the forest and he saw, at the time Krishna was lying under a tree and his lotus feet were sticking out which looked like the, the ears of a rabbit. And he should, thinking that to be the rabbit, he should and then hit Krishna's hill. Krishna left his body. So these are the pastimes. Pastimes means Jogamaya's divine arrangement to enhance Krishna's activities, which is like a drama. Krishna plays a drama to entertain his devotees and teach everyone a very important lesson. And that important lesson is Surrender unto Krishna, your life will become successful in all respects. 
you'd surrender to Krishna, then you'll keep on rotating in the cycle of birth and death in this material nature, suffering continuously. Then the second chapter goes into Bosudev was asking Narad Muni about Bhagavad Dharma. And while explaining Bhagavad Dharma, he described Bhagavad Dharma is a process of ultimate purification that the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself gave. And then Bhagavad Dharma is surrender to Him. And that surrender leads to unalloyed devotional service to him, pure devotional service to him, which is spontaneous love for him. Ahaituki apratihata, uninterrupted and unconditional. And that pure devotional service has been pointed out here. The Lord never leaves the heart of such a devotee. The, supreme, the, the first class devotee keeps the Supreme Lord perpetually fastened to his own heart with a rope of affection. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. So, will everyone become a pure devotee? Lalita, become a pure devotee? Huh? Why are you laughing? Yes? Yeah, very good. Kamalata, what about you? You need a lot of mercy. Huh? You need a lot of mercy. Yes, Prabhupada is suffering, showering so much mercy. Now, are you ready to take that? Yeah, that's the thing. Very good, become very good devotees. Hare Krishna, Gaur Premanande, Hare Hare Suchitra, yeah, I'll take some milk. Yeah, only milk.